Welcome back here for another episode of the Challenge Insiders on Reality Pop. I'm your host, Chris, and with me today, as always, I've got my co-hosts, Drew and Chantel. Chantel, we'll go over to you. How are you? How have you been doing? I've been doing really well. I'm very happy that the Challenge regular season is coming to an end. I'm always going to be a Challenge fan, but these long 19-episode seasons, it's a little bit too long. I, like Right now would be a good time to have wrapped it up instead of having a couple more episodes. But I'm happy that uh, we have a little bit of All-Stars going on right now. So I guess this mm. is what they, they wanted for us, the balance. <laughs> it's like you're going to hate the main season, but you'll love All-Stars and want to watch it. Yeah, it's a bit of a marathon, I think, when it gets to the end of the season. And also, a lot of the, um, I was going to say, a lot of the the big strategy and people working against each other would have already happened by this time. But I, I mean, this season, let's be honest, everybody has just been working together in that major vet alliance. So it hasn't really helped either. It probably makes the season feel even longer. Drew, how are you doing? Um, last time we spoke, it was on your show for your 20,000 subscriber celebration, which once again, congratulations. I'm sure everybody that's in the live stream here today would have been on that as well. Um, how have you been doing since then? I've been doing well. I th I will say that there was a point where I was like, man, when was the last time we did a live? And it was sooner than last week than what our normal week was. It felt like it was forever ago, but uh, I'm doing well. I'm wearing a Black Friday uh, hoodie sale that I got, and uh, I got some new lights for the Christmas theme. So uh, you yeah. I'm being infiltrated by Ruby. Yeah, and I lost the mustache. That was like the hot topic in my comment section this week was losing I was the mustache. Like, What's different? I'm like, is he wearing glasses? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's yeah, like, he looks he looks like face. fresh meat on here. He looks like he's 18 or something coming onto the show today. <laughs> You've lost like 10 years, you know. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, we've got a few people here early on saying hello, Rodrigo, and also Sam in the chat. Hello, guys. Thank you for being back on the live stream again. Do you think Nam will be on next season? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I I, I mean, Nam, no. I feel like he had a shot, didn't really get an opportunity this season. There's been so many other good rookies, which we're definitely going to talk about. You know, since this episode, um, we had both Logan and Emmanuel ultimately going down there and having to take each other on but there was a lot of sort of interesting things that were happening for me when it came to the actual deliberation this week because no one wanted to call a name and ct got extremely frustrated in that deliberation i got extremely frustrated watching it but everybody was extremely scared to call a name because they were scared that that was going to mean that they would be the person selected to go down there if they weren't automatically just thrown in there and to me i don't know how it felt for you guys it felt like ct really had his aim on emmanuel but he needed a reason to put emmanuel in there because emmy was never going to want to do that so he was asking people state the obvious emmanuel has not been in there yet state the obvious save yourself and no one was doing anything how frustrating was it to watch I was so angry. I was like, ugh, like, this is so annoying. Like, you don't want to be here. And I, I think Amanda even articulated it pretty perfectly. It's like, can you please sell your souls? Like, it is a lot of money. It's life-changing money that not a, a lot of people have this opportunity to get their hands on. And they're actually very close. Like, when, when there's 10 people left at that time or 12 or 11. Like, that's pretty close to a million dollars. You would never really get that opportunity in your life. And so the fact that they're all just like, hmm, hemming and hawing. Oh, I don't want to throw someone into the bus. And Nelson's mm. like, oh, I don't want to play that kind of game. It's like, you are playing a game. This is what the game is. It's spies, lies, and allies. Like, go in and 
fight your case so you can win a million dollars. I was just like, it was just the epitome of what has been frustrating me about the season is nobody seems like they want to win the money. They want to just like kind of give it to people or, or like Devin will be upset that people are not just giving it to him. It's just like, I was frustrated. Obviously you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same exact way. It was frustrating to watch. I mean, we're so close to the end yet. Everybody just wanted to stay quiet. They didn't want to put their self out there in case somebody that they did say something bad about was sent down. That would have a reason to pick them. It's just like, come on now, let's just play the game. It's, it's at this point that we need to start uh, slitting throats and doing whatever we can to stay out of the elimination. If you get voted in 100% going in, but if you don't, then you got a little bit of a chance of not seeing an elimination. So this was your prime opportunity. Uh, very frustrated with Nelson saying this is, uh, this isn't a game at one point. And it's like, yeah, it's a hundred percent a game. It's a game. And you <laughs> play the entire it and thing is a game. It. Yeah. It was yeah. very frustrating. I hate it. Yeah. And, and Devin's, you know, threats, out there saying hey listen i'm not going to be an easy beat when we go in there and, you know i'm, I'm not going to roll over i'm going to be extremely physical and thinking that people were going to back off you know nelson was like hey i've got a you're a friend of mine but i got to do what i got to do if it's physical you know i'm going to run over you so um really a nothing burger when it came to a threat and then emmanuel saying don't throw me in but doesn't want to yeah, give a what reason you emmanuel's like you're scared of going i was thinking me. about like, that guy was that guy <laughs> that's like heckling people for like choosing someone that they can beat like i was just also very unimpressed with the fact that he didn't decide to like show that he's like this big alpha player that can take on anybody and he's not scared like if that's kind of how he wants to be in his confessionals and also seemingly how he's acting a bit in you know the after season on twitter and stuff like that like well let me see you pull you know one of those um what's his name Jordan moves where he's like slamming down all the the skull cards and you know what I mean like let me mm. see that kind of ballsy attitude if you're going to be so such so ruthless in those confessionals I was very unimpressed yeah. and I was just going to add it's really funny well struggling the art at art has said here yeah we had some great rookies but to be honest we don't need Emmanuel back I don't think Emmanuel's got a lot of fans here this season but it was really funny to see how um, Emmanuel went from not wanting to go down there at all, being scared of going down there. And then as soon as he goes down there afterwards, he is full of confidence. He's like, I always knew I was going to have to come down here. You know, I knew I, I was waiting for this opportunity. It's like, yes, you did. You were scared to go in there in the first place. You were trying to get yourself and weasel your way out of it in the first place. And now suddenly you're like, oh, I always wanted to do it. And we as the fans, we can see through it. Definitely could see through it. I was like, it just was made me even more not a fan of Emmanuel. Like I started liking him and then now I'm not a fan of his, especially since he's coming for big T in social media. I'm just like, take a oh, step really? back, take a seat. Um, he's basically telling um, big T that she doesn't deserve to be on the, to be called back because she doesn't add anything to the show. And I'm just like, who are you to decide? Emmanuel like that big T doesn't add anything to the show so he was already irritating me and then the fact that he wasn't throwing himself in or like making some compelling arguments on who he wanted to go down with and none of that in the deliberation he was completely silent and then after he was got a really great um, elimination challenge that really tailored to his strengths and he wins like all of a sudden now like oh suck your blood and oh like I knew I could do that and I'm, I'm you know unbeatable I'm so amazing and I was like Mm, I don't buy it. Not to derail the conversation. I just have to say, Chris, you blew my mind right there because I've been pronouncing 
that person's channel name as struggling a tart for the longest time every time on <laughs> tiny table talks. And when you said struggling at art, I was like, what the hell? And it just blew my mind. Struggling at art, I've got your back. I've got your back. Don't worry about it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for. I thought it was about Emmanuel, but like it was about struggling at art. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I saw I you. That. Like something was the gears moving when I was saying. I was like, man, I, I didn't think what I was saying was that you know massive. You know, I think we're all sort of in agreement. But um, to be honest with you, I think that Emmanuel. You know, like they say here, Emmy is way more loyal to Emmanuel than the other way around. Like Emmanuel's thrown um, Emmy in a few times, but um, Emmy is going out of her way to make sure that Emmanuel doesn't go down there. And um, I. I do think they're good friends, but I do think that if it came down to Emmanuel and Emmy, I think that Emmanuel will be the shadier of the two people in future seasons as well. What did you guys think about everybody giving him a lot of credit here for his amazing social game and the fact that he hasn't been thrown down there? I mean, we've been talking about it for weeks now where it's probably more so the fact that he's been teamed up with the right people at the right time. Like, I'm not taking anything away from his daily wins because obviously he has to contribute to that. But um, do we think his social game is at that level as what people are saying here in the deliberation and they're saying that he's this massive social mastermind. I don't think that he's that great of a social player, but one thing that Big T said in, in her retort to Emmanuel is that he kind of jumps on to having a showmance to have some relevancy and to hopefully being asked back. So I'm thinking that maybe the fact that he's kind of was canoodling first with Michelle and now he's canoodling with Tori. He was on a winning team. He had a winning partner. Um, I think that they're kind of confusing those four separate things as really great social, great social strategy. If we put him into another season and not those people are on it, I'm sure he would find another showmance, but I don't know if he'd mm. be in the exact same place. So I, it's not repeatable. So I don't think that it's his, his amazing social game. I think it's kind of cir circumstantial. Yeah, I agree. pretty much. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, I think this episode showed especially how much pull Emmy has and how much credit she has with the vets because CT could do whatever he really wanted. I mean, he could have pulled the strings if he really wanted, but he mm. wanted to do what Emmy wanted and listened to her and wanted, and she wanted to save Emmanuel. So I think it just shows that last episode, Emmanuel was like, I couldn't, I can't do anything. There's five other people or four other people. I can't pull the strings. And yes, she has a smaller group on her side on Sapphire, but I mean, CT could do whatever he wanted. He could have brought over Kyle and they could have voted Emmanuel easily, but he listened out to Emmy and Emmy was able to pull the strings. I think it shows how much pull Emmy has. And I think this episode really showed, I mean, he won the elimination, but Emmanuel did not impress me in like the daily challenge or really anything else in this episode and he looked quite scared i was happy to see both him and devin pretty scared in this episode because they were they were touting around the whole season thinking that they were hot stuff and this episode was just like they were quivering at the knees i loved i loved to see it i loved that as well and i also think um to add to um you know, Emmy and how she managed to keep Emmanuel safe um, in the deliberation. I think that CT also 
for maybe future seasons didn't want could always say now that like I never went against the the Emerald team I never went against the Alliance I was always mm. pretty true to my word here and so I think that he is kind of playing for future seasons or anything that could happen later on in this game if like they have to choose people like he might be he might be saved if if that comes up in some sort of purge situation. So I think that also he didn't want to burn those bridges that he had made for the entire rest of the season. All right, enough about Emmanuel. Let's move on to Logan here. You know, so Logan is the the rookie I really enjoyed this season. I wouldn't be angry to see him come back and play another season. Um, and he ultimately makes a big mistake here in choosing Emmanuel to go down in the lair against them there and a challenge that probably suited Emmanuel you know he's got that bold he's quite agile being a dancer which was brought up a lot this season you know he's someone that can jump over those um the obstacle get to the other side flip the switch run back and beat the timer quite easily and it was probably the one person that I think Logan would always have had the most difficult time with going down there this just really suited Emmanuel now my theory is is that Logan did this for the very reason that CT probably went the way he did um and it's all about future seasons it's all about showing Nelson, I'm not going to betray you. So therefore, he now has the young bucks with him in the future season. Obviously, he doesn't know that Corey's not going to come back, but he's got that side there that he could potentially use in the future. He didn't betray Devin. He didn't betray any of those people that have got strong social ties in the game. So the lesser of all those evils is to go up against Emmanuel. But in my mind, you know, what makes a legendary challenger? It's the person who plays balls to the wall, who goes there to try and win, you're not guaranteed that you're going to be back for another season. So in my opinion, Logan made a massive mistake here and not choosing Devin because he would have run circles around Devin if he went down there and did this challenge. What was your thoughts going into this and Logan's decision to ultimately go against the manual in the lair? Well, I had a feeling that, that Devin was going to be off the table. Um, Right when Anissa was leaving, um, he did, did say that the people that were protecting him were was Devin, was one of the people that he had mentioned. So we didn't show it that much, but he does seem to have had a bond with Devin. And then hearing some of the people after this episode, kind of in the chat rooms and stuff like that, were saying that he promised Devin that he wasn't going to choose him. And then Devin was also calling out, like, oh, it's a puzzle. It looks like a puzzle. Looks like a puzzle when they're going down into the lair. So scaring um, him a little bit to also not want to pick Devin. So I think that Devin was for the most part off the table. I thought when how they were editing it, they were going to, he was going to actually choose uh, Nelson. Cause Nelson was like, yeah, everybody always snakes me. My friends, people make promises. They always stab me in the back. So he had said that in the beginning and they had like, you know, their heart to heart be like, we'll keep, me together like i'm not gonna choose you i promise and i thought that he was gonna choose nelson just to like you know that's what his storyline is so <laughs> yeah so when i heard that logan chose emmanuel probably because he gave his word to devin and logan is such a man of his word to me that is advice the advice i can give him is stop promising everybody everything like stop doing that you need to leave yourself open for possibilities and unless you're going to change up and say i'm going to just snake people and i'll just promise them whatever and then if i have to backstab them i will which has happened on the challenge and it works out well for a good amount of players uh i think you need to start doing one or the other because you need to leave avenues open because if you go into the elimination and it you can take out Devin easily you got to have that open you can't just set yourself up with i can only choose 
Emmanuel. I can only go this one person, no matter what it is, because you're going to set yourself up to fail. Also, we talked about CT possibly playing for the future. I think that this was a brain play because I think he knows how strong Logan is and how strong the Ruby team can be. And I wonder if he was like, I'm cool with Emerald doing whatever. And I feel like they're going to get whoever we throw in with uh, Logan. If we throw Logan in, he'll probably take out somebody from Emerald anyways. And I think he also wanted Logan to swap places with Kyle. So if he mm. sends Logan down there, mm. wins the elimination, he's probably coming back to Sapphire. And they were winning when Logan was on the Sapphire team. So I think there was a lot more levels at play here instead of throwing in Emmanuel, possibly picking uh, Devin and then taking him out or possibly picking Nelson or whatever. Like, you just go for the surefire thing. So I think there was a little bit more at play, but also the Seafoam Periwinkle whatever was still <laughs> in play. I hate that stupid name. I hate it so I, much. I, I Periwinkle is kind of like a light purple, actually, and Seafoam is like a Is blue it really? Green, so... Periwinkle, it's like it's periwinkle of... blue. It's like a like it's like a pastel blue with a hint of lavender in it. It's periwinkle. All I could think of is like blues clues and the colors of all the dogs. And all I think of like periwinkle is the I thought it was that light green one. I can't think of whatever it is. I know magenta for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, Drew, I think you've got a, a good point. I mean, this episode, CT was the one person who basically, like Rodrigo sa says here in the chat, he was single-handedly beating both teams on his own in the daily challenge. And he didn't get much help from Emmy and from Kyle here. Um, Kyle's got a lot of heart, but we've heard throughout this whole season, he doesn't really want to play with Kyle. He doesn't trust that Kyle can pull his own weight. Um, Emmy struggled here. It was just something she wasn't going to be good at. She nearly freaked out and didn't do it, but hats off to her. Unlike someone else that we'll be talking about later on, she did push through and do the challenge. Um, but ultimately, CT is the one here that, like a ballerina, dances on the podium and like Kung Fu Panda hits everything as he's <laughs> running over and he grabs all of these um, cylinders and brings it back and he does seven of them ultimately beating both of the other teams and I've got to say you know when you see CT do these things whenever he turns it up you just realize why he is one of the legends of this game and you know it is very impressive that he can still do it at that level this late in his challenge career as well so I agree, like hats off to CT for his performance today, carrying his team on his back. Um, and he probably thought to himself going into this um, elimination, let's switch things up because I think Logan probably, you're right, would have wanted to go back to the Wolfpack. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely loved seeing CT just like, he's like, oh, I don't need you guys. I'll just win this for us. <laughs> uh, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I, I loved just seeing Emerald squirm. Um, I felt really bad for Ruby. Like they were just like a, a mess. Like they, they mean well, but no matter what configuration of Ruby it is, it's just like the doomed team to be just mm. such, such a mess. So, um, you know, I, I wish that Kyle had performed a little bit better just because I don't want CT to not want to run the final with him um, if they were to save in teams, which it doesn't look like they're going to be. But 
Um, I was happy that CT was able to beat Emerald because seeing Devin after just not being in the power position and being like, well, if I have to go in, I have to go in and like, you know, I'll prove myself. And I'm like, you're so scared, Devin. <laughs> you were protected by your team for the entire season. Yeah. And now you are, you're so scared. Uh, it just moping felt up in the bedroom. Great. Uh, <laughs> just to see him like back to normal underdog Devin. Like, I don't need to see the braggadocious Devin. I want the underdog so much more palatable yeah. he had he had his moment he had his moment where he was celebrating very early after the elimination and he's like happy dance happy dance i'm going to the final kind of thing and then we had this bombshell being thrown at us at that point as well saying that it is going to be the night of eliminations and i tell you what i love this i love the fact that tj actually caught them off guard once the only thing when i looked at the next time on the challenges I saw that they had their actual challenge gear on to go down in the elimination. I wanted them in their casuals to go down there and do an elimination because <laughs> that would have been really cool to see, to catch them that of guard the next season. They don't know if they can go on their casuals when they go to the arena because anything can happen at any time. Can you imagine Kyle in his jeans and his suit jacket <laughs> going down there having to do a hall brawl, for instance? It would be funny as hell. You got to pull on Ayana. You got to sleep in your uniform. <laughs> And under, exactly. under, underneath spoiler but yeah we're gonna get into that <laughs> oh i just wanted to show you this drew so that's kind of what periwinkle is i don't know if it's translating on proper color wise but that's periwinkle. It blue so it's kind of like from, a blue from here it looks blue on this one it's more purple in my picture it's more like this color in my picture but okay just so um, you know periwinkle blue i've been saying the wrong colors I'm saying wrong colors. Okay. I don't care. I, I don't like that alliance anyways. So <laughs> it's so hard. Totally it's so much harder to say, remind myself about it. And also, I don't want it to happen. I'd rather just everybody out for themselves. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Dolores and also struggling at art saying, yes, let them do the challenges <laughs> in their jeans and in their blazers um, down there as well. And then Sudani speaks, says, Knowing the competitors that avoided the elimination all season will potentially have to go in before the final is great. Love the twist. Because I've got a feeling, and, and I don't know what you guys think, I've got a feeling that it's going to be a knockout stage. Everybody is going to go down there and have to prove themselves to a certain degree. And you're not going to get voted down. It's going to be, you go up against someone, if you beat them, you're automatically in the final. And then you maybe get a second chance against like a loser's bracket or something like that going into the final. I've got a feeling everybody is going down there. Uh, we saw CT in his elimination gear. We saw Kyle in his elimination gear. I'm sure Devin is going to go in there. I mean, the whole story this season has been, can Devin get to the final without having to go in an elimination? And it's just too um, convenient for the story um, and, and the way that they want the season to play out to have him not go in. Or it's, it would be too, um, it wouldn't make sense with, I guess, the theme of the story and what we've been seeing on Devin is what I'm trying to say, to not have him go down there and actually be an, elim an elimination, trying to win his way into a final. And if we look at it this way, guys, who do we think on both of these? And, and I'll bring up our um, draft picks for this as well. Who do we think here will be in the biggest danger going into the next round as I take Logan out of the equation Ooh. with Drew for the first time getting closer Evening and closer to us. And how many <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Cock, you now looking so cocky right now. We're almost <laughs> even again. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, I still um, have another person extra, so I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> not, not technically even yet. There's still a point. <laughs> I said pretty uh, much. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you so have Devin on your team. So Devin doesn't, to me, is, is going to be the male that's most likely to not be able to make it into the final. That's that's who most likely, in my opinion. Yep. Then next, so, I would say maybe Kyle. So I have a different theory, but we'll stick with this theory first. If anything is going to happen, I think Emmanuel is going to be really in danger because he just went round after round after round with Logan. Like mm. he is a dancer and he does have good cardio, but if he's doing anything very forceful or physical against anybody, it's going to be tough for him to regain all that energy. I feel I, I would love for him to have like immunity. I just don't see the challenge having that foresight. Uh, I don't care to, about that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. So no matter what happens, if Emmanuel, if everybody's going down or if he's going to be picked or if there's a vote or anything, Maybe he he's going to go the down order or something. But Maybe he gets to me, it's just, order? I just don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be good. But I think if he goes up like against Devin and if they're doing the rocket run again, I mean, he could have more energy, but I think they're going to swap up the elimination. Hopefully I don't want to see that rocket run again. I don't want to see it two more times. <laughs> yeah we've got uh, Dolores here saying Emmanuel and Amanda are in danger she thinks um, and then Esther saying that if what are, my theory is everybody goes up against each other it would be amazing to see Nani and Casey go up against <laughs> each other and I do want to bring up that a couple of episodes ago mm -hmm. we had Nani talking about the fact that she wants to run this final with Casey and how big of a dream it's going to be if that comes true um, and again they put these things in there for a reason. I always think it's a little bit of foreshadowing. It could have been that they're not going to be in the same team running the final, but it could also be that Nani might not even make the final. So I do think Nani and Amanda, probably the two girls at this point that I would say is in the biggest danger of not making it through. Um, and if we look at um, the guys, I do have to agree with probably Devin, um, and Kyle being in danger, even though it hurts me to say that. I mean, it was funny watching the elimination this round because I knew Emmanuel wasn't my team, but I, I didn't want him to win. So it's like, I'm actually <laughs> sabotaging my own team here with him. If I do get an Emmanuel win for the whole season, it would feel hollow. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering actually if Nani's going to fall on her sword if she has to go against Casey. Because, you know, I think she mm. really wants Casey to get her first win um, even before her because she probably feels as though Casey's more capable of getting it um, in the end against all the other women that are continuing, like are still in the game. So I could see if it's going to be between Nani and Casey that Nani's like, no, you go, you win this for us. And they're in a relationship. So, you know, it's pretty good that, you know, you let your partner go in and win that million bucks and you get to reap the benefits. Yeah, I could totally see her doing that. Uh, one person in the comment section on my Tiny Table Talk mentioned that it would be nice if it was like a three-way elimination, kind of like invasion of all the players that haven't been in the lair. So if we could have like a CT versus Nelson versus uh, Devin, and then you have uh, Casey versus Nani versus Tori, like to me, that would be the ultimate like twist. If they could have mm. first seen that, and have that as an option going down there and do like middle out or whatever inside out that that elimination and invasion of the champions. I think that would be the ultimate uh, twist uh, because then it's like it's not like, oh, we needed skulls in this game, but you should have went in or something. But I don't know how you could have foreseen that to ensure that you could make that happen and be a possibility. But a guy can dream. Uh, <laughs> see, that's my only that's my only um issue with that twist if that is what they're bringing in i do feel it is unfair on the players that played the game with the rules that they thought 
this game was about, which is trying to get to the end. You don't have to go in there and get a skull. So uh, I don't know how I would feel about it. It would make for some very entertaining TV for sure. But I do think the fairest thing is to say everybody goes down there and has to earn their spot going into the final instead of punishing people for playing a good social game and not being thrown in there earlier, which I don't personally think would be um, all that fair. You know, I can see why a lot of people want to see that happen. Um, Personally, I would like to see all of them go in there and fight. And like he said, you know, it's going to be the night of the elimination. So it's more than one elimination going in there. So I've got a feeling it's going to be knockout. You know, winner takes all. For winner wins, they go to the final. But then maybe there's like a loser's bracket. You get a second shot. Ultimately, one guy and one ghoul loses. That's what I'm hoping for in any case. I just hope it's not like jousting or something where it's kind of like you know like on on a little podium and like try to hit the person off in the best of three like i hope it's not something like that where it's easy to lose i hope it's something that's a little bit dragged out um maybe has a puzzle element into it so that like people every single person has a good shot at doing well and being successful because i just i just don't want it to heavily favor like either super strong people or super like i just want it to be give everybody a shot hopefully but they haven't they don't have anything set up so i'm just wondering if like if there's so there's a behind the curtain there's yeah. like a whole big challenge set up already or like what are they gonna do or is it like just gonna be a night of pole wrestling like i wouldn't like that at all i my theory on the whole thing is that the agency is gone once tj said that there was 10 agents everybody is now a social game everybody is up for grabs everybody gets a vote and so everybody gets to say one man's name and one woman's name. Whoever has the most votes will go down to the layer and then they will get to choose who they want to go up against. And I think it'll be just they have to choose before they see what's going to be the games. And I think it could be very interesting what could happen, mm. uh, even though I feel like the vets could just be like, oh, let's just throw in the last two rookies and just try to keep each other safe kind of thing, which I think that would be pretty boring, but I could see them doing that as the twist. And then we're only going to get two eliminations because they need to wrap that up so we can get to the first phase of the finals by midway point of next episode. But mm. that's my theory on everything that's going to happen. I, I totally can see that, but it wouldn't be called a night of eliminations unless you're just mm. saying like the guy elimination, girl elimination is the plural of it all. But it just seemed to me like it was going to be a night gauntlet where, like, everybody is going against everybody, maybe in like, seeds or whatever, and losers brackets, something like that. And then whoever loses the most, basically, or the losers of all the losers, um, they go home. So that's I mean, kind of how yeah, I was feeling it. But that's like three eliminations in one night. That's that's more eliminations in a challenge night than most nights. So that's why I feel like a night of eliminations is only two more people are leaving. So I don't mm. I don't see too much more of like we're going to be running too much more, especially I don't know how long they didn't have a proper aftermath. So I wanted to know how long the actual elimination between Logan and Emmanuel went because they kept on saying they went round after round, but every round was 15 seconds and then they went to 10 seconds. I actually wanted to know how long everything went and I'm. And I'm not gonna watch, well, I'm not gonna listen to that podcast for an hour to see how long they actually went. Well, so. aftermath was like not good. I didn't. I couldn't even watch it. I was like, uh, no. I clicked through that. It was so bad. It was so bad. I hate. So bad. I went on a rant. I went on a rant today in Tiny Table Talk about it because they how they labeled the episode and then it was just them talking to each other about like Devin, what was your favorite part? Oh, Emmy going into a hall brawl. It was like, no, it's not. That's not your favorite part. Like, get out of here. 
<laughs> or, or Casey, like, oh, date night was like my favorite part of this entire season. It's like, stuff okay, they fine, maybe shown. if it was or wasn't, but mm. yeah, stuff yeah. you they should have shown, yet everything they talked about basically was shown. Like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Love by you here in the chat says, not Chantel and Chris reveling and Drew losing another player. Yes, we're pretty <laughs> like that. We are. When we've been losing the whole season, you know, you take Lose. immense. Loser, <laughs> yeah. we're yeah, the like, winners. We were losers, you know, Loser. <laughs> yeah, we're petty like Kyle um, yes. here when it comes to it. And then struggling at art says, I think Amanda's in danger, but I really want her in the finals. So, so, so I hope she isn't. Um, I think Amanda's got a good story this season as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if she does find a way to get to the final. <clears throat> Love by you also says here that where was this energy when she was playing with her friend for 10 years, Nani, that is last season um, and couldn't help Leroy there with a win. And by the way, I wish I, I watched Leroy's video before we did your live. I did go and watch it afterwards. Um, pretty crazy how MTV follows Camilla and doesn't even follow Leroy on Instagram, which I didn't even mm -hmm. realize. Absolutely ridiculous. But I wish I saw that before we even had that conversation because I would have had so much of a better understanding. Um, not that I think I wasn't on his side because I'm always going to be on the side of the guy that had the abuse, but it just gave me such more of a wider view of what he was talking about. And it's a shame that, yeah, it doesn't seem like um, the relationship between MTV and Leroy is that good at all, which is weird. Well, and then they kind of came out after and was saying like, oh, we love you, Leroy. We didn't know that you felt this way. And it's just kind of like... Mm. Uh, well sure like fine thank you for saying something now but uh it would have been nice yeah. for you to have said something at the time and not maybe have to like <laughs> you know 10 years later or whatever eight years later come back and be like this is how you guys kind of screwed over screwed, screwed me over when and, and it only came up i think it's because of how they dealt with the josh ashley situation and so uh um, wow yeah I don't I don't think that he would have had been triggered to to say something if he didn't see how Josh was taken care of so much by MTV here and he was not at all in comparison. So Yeah, he deserves better. Deserves a lot better than what MTV has been given him. Um Sam here asked if we would ever consider bringing challenges on the show like Ashley, Amanda, Michelle, Devin and Kyle and oh, we yeah. may have one of those people that are mentioned there on the show. Um Fingers crossed they've said they would come on the show. So hopefully that still happens in the future. Um, one of my um, absolute wants is I want to get Fessy on the show so that Chantel and Drew can face him. Uh, <laughs> in an I can interview. face I think that would be a lot of. I think that would be a lot of fun. Not to spoil <laughs> anything, but I can't wait to talk to Etcetera. I just can't wait to talk to him. No, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk to Fessy. Let's bring him in. I mean, he's in Orlando or whatever. He's either in Denver or Orlando. Are you guys buds? Are you uh, buds now? You and you and Fessy are going to the club together? Yeah, we just sit in our cars and talk uh, via FaceTime. <laughs> That's all we do. Please become friends with Fessy. Actually, you should become friends with that whole crew. Wait, you know, you're in Orlando, correct? I'm in Tampa. Not Tampa. Oh. Tampa. Yeah. Never mind. Because wait, where's but, where's but, um what's her name from? Casey. Isn't she in Tampa? Isn't Miami? Is she in Miami? Oh, maybe she's Miami. I don't know. I don't know. I know Florida, Josh Florida, Florida. It's all Florida. How big is Florida? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
big enough. <laughs> not big enough for all of those personalities in any case. Um, I was going to say, so basically from our side, like we, we would talk to, I, I would talk to any challenger. I don't care, like for me personally. I, and I'm also more than more than comfortable for them to call me out on anything that I've inaccurately stated on here. Because at the end of the okay. day, the only thing that we can comment on is the show and the way that people are being portrayed on the show. And also how they, um, I guess, hold themselves uh out there when it comes to social media like you said you know Emmanuel going after big t and all these kind of things you know what you put on social media and if people backlash on that that that's on you at the end of the day you know so we we can only see what's on the show and what's on social media at the end of the day and we can have an opinion about it and we can talk about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah dolores says florida is great so another florida fan here rodrigo says that please don't have josh come back um for next what about on the show though can we could we pallet josh on the show and talking to him (laughs) i i i i think i've been i've been the highest on josh this season um i I would talk to him i don't think he would be as angry at me as maybe you guys but you know i'm like come on let's get the redemption comeback story but in all honesty um you know for me I, i like seeing some of these players come back season after season and showing growth. Like, I mean, there's a lot of players that have done that. I think he's got the potential, but if he continues to, and we've said this many a times, if he continues to come back with the other big brother Alliance members, I think the three of them together, um, it's not good for each other coming back season after season. Um, there was a lot of talk about Casey this episode. She did pretty well for the females and um, Nani saying that, you know, even though, she is so capable and she's got all this skill. She's very humble and doesn't really talk about it all that often. Um, hats off to Casey. She did do pretty well in the daily challenge. Um, again, like I've said so many times, really good athlete, but I don't think um, really good at the confessionals. And and that makes for boring TV sometimes, sadly. She's a bore. She's a bore. She's always been a bore. She wasn't that exciting on Big Brother. She, her only thing was her catchphrase was "Let's go, let's go," and just be. That's like <laughs> the only thing she said on Big Brother. She won a lot of challenge, like challenges on Big Brother, but like I don't know, she just was catching balls or rolling balls or throwing balls. Like it wasn't really anything that impressive. Um, so yes, I think that she's a great competitor, but. Um, I think she's really shown us all that she had to offer. I was more interested in her messy storyline when she was like, still had a partner at home and was like kind of flirting around with, um, with Nani. I didn't like how that ended up with um, Bailey, but like Mm. that whole mess of it all, if it didn't escalate to that height, like, okay, that was a little bit like interesting to see, you know, the mess that you kind of cause here. But other than that, she hasn't really brought that much in my opinion to the table. Val says, "Bring Joss on the show so we can drag him. So we can drag him. What we think? Oh Did you guys see this? This not a lot um, of Joss love okay. here. I'll read it out after. I don't know if it's backwards or not. But like, can Big you see it haters. or should I read it? I, I see Big Brother haters, and then on the we can't see the right hand or left hand side on your probably phone. Um, yeah, you might want to read it for us. Um, I just see says, two people realizing." Realizing they are better at the challenge than your favorites. That's Fessy's um, post. So one side, uh, it's like the big brother haters are all disgruntled on the bus, looking up angry. And then like, oh, the happy people on the other side. I'm just like, like, no, you're not better than my favorites. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Fessy. As far as I can, as far as I've seen, CT's still in the show this season. And, you know, he can go back to back for the first time ever, you know, so I don't know what he's talking about. The favorites are still there. The the, the the real OGs are still there playing the game. He he, he gives me Pauly vibes in that post. Like it's just him just knocking on 
challengers and people that want to come at Big Brother for what I think is good criticism. We have criticism. And I'm I love that he posts that on a season that he left like a decade ago. Like I can't even remember him on the show, to be honest. It was he on the show? <laughs> Polly? Polly? Um, what was the last show he was on? World well, of the Worlds 2? Well, Fessy. No, I Fessy. Meant Fessy. Oh, Fessy. Oh. Yeah, Fessy seemed like it's been a lifetime since we've seen him. Oh, which yeah, he for. wasn't part of the season. Not even an impactful part of the season. It would have only been an impactful part if, if Josh had gone out with him. The only thing yeah. I will say about Casey is we've talked about Ed and wanting to see more like with these newer competitors, we want to see strategy. We want to see intent. And it feels like Casey always just falls back on her athleticism and how strong she is as a physical competitor. And she can because it is the challenge and the amount of competition and the level of competition that she has to go up against. But I would like to see like, oh, I have to make these moves to get this person out because it's either this person or Nani or this person and my closest ally. We just haven't gotten that. And she seems to always be in a power position because nobody wants to take that shot at her. So I would I would like to see there be some form of strategy that she has to implement further on. At, uh, well, it can't be this season because we're pretty much at the end anyway. So, I mean, if she's going to be on later seasons, I would like to see more intent than just being like, I'm going to chill in the house because I don't really have to do much. I can just run on the treadmill, do some challenges and make it very far because nobody wants to take a shot at me. But that's just my deal. I would I think she could show more personality if there was more that she needed to do in a season than just coast by. Well, I wonder, though, if like she were to end up winning this season and then comes back next season, if she would still be able to play that game or if she would have to like do put in a little bit more work because, you know, now she'd be like defending her championship position and have to play a different game. Like CT has had to play many different games every single time coming back as like a winner or like, you know, the ultimate vet at this point. Um, and so I'm just wondering if she will have to gain a strategy other than just like coasting mm -hmm. with behind an alliance um, if she becomes a winner. Speaking the truth here, says, imagine the irony of Fessy thinking he's better than the favorites and CT ends up winning back to back when Fessy only managed to make finals back to back. And also, if you think about it, Fessy really disrespected CT last season and said he was over the wall. He was an old man now. He can't win anymore. And Oh man, it's going to be so sweet when Fessy, uh, when CT, sorry, pulls off another win here this season. We've also got um, Explorer JC saying, "I really hope they don't turn the challenge into some sort of fifth sport league like Root off the series is reality TV, in my opinion." And I tell you what, Explorer JC, you are in um, good company here with Chantal and Drew, who both have been saying <laughs> that for a long time. Like I, I agree. Like I love the Ninja Warrior physical stuff that they bring to the show but i don't want like there has to be a balance like the one shouldn't be at the expense of the other for me when it comes to the show and on that note i think this is a good opportunity to segue into all stars too unless there is anything else you guys wanted to bring up here of this episode but let's get into the meat and potatoes of this week the real fun the episode good show? between the two That's on the, the good air. show between the two you know <laughs> like we we had competitors coming back really big characters coming back to play the game again. We had some great challenges going on as well. And there was no shortage of strategy happening here in this episode with the Nehemiah and Derek feud continuing. And my oh my, am I regretting right now that I didn't pick my boy Nehemiah above Derek. And it was very 50-50 when I had to make my choice um, in the draft picks for the season. But Nehemiah 
getting the better here of Derek this episode um, and really showing, I think, why Derek strategically isn't the mastermind that he proclaimed himself to be in episode one, and we all knew he wouldn't be. Um, he was really outplayed throughout this whole episode, um, and even though I'm a big Derek fan, I did get a little bit annoyed when he felt he was entitled to the lifesavers and how dare they throw the people with the, his lifesavers down there, um, which snakes. meant that he couldn't be saved this episode. Yeah, it's all of them, snakes. <laughs> I, I was saying this when I went live after because I was obviously very annoyed with Derek. And it's like him, him so Derek, Nelson, and um, and Corey, they all call people that out-strategize them snakes. And, it's, and that is what the problem is, is that they don't really realize that people are just trying to win and they don't want to just give it to you. They want to do what they can to put themselves in a better position. And sometimes you are at the expense of their gameplay. Um, but they're not snakes. It's not a snake move because you would have done the same thing to them and you wouldn't have protected them if you had the opportunity. I... One of my favorite parts of this episode is when Nehemiah and Derek got to finally talk with each other and they kind of like aired everything out, but nothing was solved. But the one point that Nehemiah brought up was like the reason everybody loves you and the reason why I was like looking up to you is that when you come into the challenge, you're over, you're you're undersized, you're you got the biggest heart. And no matter what happens or who you're against, you always find a way to win or give it your all. And you can outmuscle the best of the best when you are at your best. But he's always so humble. But this season, in the four episodes, it just seemed like we were dealing with a different Derek. I don't know if he was just like, I want to try something new this season. I want to be the villain. I want to really speak myself well, up. But it just seemed like everything, he was rubbing me the wrong way. And from my comment section, it seemed like there was a good amount of people that were like, this doesn't seem like the Derek that I'm used to. And I'm always rooting for season after season. Well, do you remember in the um, the after show of last season where he was like doing all the antics and flipping the chair and storming off the set and stuff like that? So I think that he's trying to, I don't know, like trying to find reasons to be called back. Like he needs to be relevant again. He's trying to do this feud with Nia. I, I'm not completely sure what's going on, but I was totally on Nehemiah's side when he was saying that like, you are the likable rootable underdog this is not you and this is we don't like this version of you like he was pretty bang on about that and i think that's why i'm not mm. enjoying Derek in this season and at the end of last season is because like we want you to be the underdog that that the the, the kid that was that kept on going into elimination for his team and like you know like we're like you can do it Derek. come on come on and he'd always be going with his full heart and so yeah i think the fact that he He's forgotten why people really love Root and respect him um, is because of that underdog persona that he used to have. Esther here says that Derek was forcing it this season. I think he tried to bring extra drama and this feud kind of solidified his callback. And I agree. I think that um, I hear you guys, but just this feud between Nehemiah and Derek that has been created now means that we're going to see a, a third round of this, you know, or a second round, depending on how you want to look at season one. Um, but I do think Derek comes back just based on that alone, but it really shows how much of a double-edged sword it is to go and win that first challenge. Because if Derek didn't win that first challenge with Jody and he didn't make the decision to put Derek um, Shavas against Nehemiah instead of Ryan, 
he may have been able to get away a little bit longer in the game without Nehemiah coming directly at him. But it shows you that that power that you get early in the game can really be a double-edged sword if you don't know what you're doing with it. And Derek is like a baby with a bazooka. You know, he doesn't know how to use it. He's going to pull the trigger. It's going to make a hell of a mess. And it came back to bite him in this case, you know? So um, I really, in, like from an entertainment standpoint, great TV. From a, is Derek playing the game well standpoint? Hell no. Like, so, I mean, he brought something. Like, it's more than what we can say about a lot of other challengers that are playing the regular seasons, you know? And and, and I want to take my hat off to the group of Nehemiah, LT, um, Steve, those guys actually going against the grain and realizing that they're on the outside of a very strong alliance that's forming in the game. And so many times in normal seasons, we see people just doing whatever the power alliance wants them to do, like the big old vet alliance sticking together. But these guys are not there to play anybody else's game. They do want to win it. Like Steve said, I haven't played the game for 18 years. I might as well make moves. You know, I'm going to be public enemy number one if i make a move or if i don't make a move i am going to be on the chopping block so hats off and applause to these guys showing us how the game is supposed to be played in my opinion so just to trail back a little bit i feel that derek um everything kind of fell apart yes he had he was like a baby with the machine gun or bazooka or whatever whatever you said but also though he thought that everybody was going to throw in steve because they didn't know him very well and he didn't realize how connected steve actually was and that he and, and that the amaya was going to be able to call out his opponent and that the house was also going to give nehemiah what he wanted so he completely misplayed his hand what that he had what he had this power i don't think that i think that he was completely shocked that it completely backfired he was like oh my god i thought that steve was going to go in and go home against nehemiah and i was going to get or nehemiah was going to go out like he completely thought that that was going to be the outcome and i think that he that he definitely didn't realize what the aftermath was going to be the fact that no none of his targets so now he has steve who's like oh you were willing to get rid of me you didn't want me to be here because i commented on your outfit and then you have nehemiah's like oh you were trying to put steve in there against me well no that didn't happen and it's like oh and you were having a conversation with me to make it seem like we we're friends but then you didn't even give me who i wanted okay fine and so he's just made mistake after mistake after mistake so the fact that he's surprised at any capacity that people were going to come and retaliate if they had any sort of power i think it was just shows how much he's not great at the political side of this game that's my Derek. Speaking rant. the truth here, saying no, am I sending the pit bull back to the pound? Is already the biggest <laughs> highlight in All Stars Two for me. Um, I think a lot of people will agree with you. And then he also says here that I feel like Derek is butted because um, even though he thought he would dominate All Stars, he was the first person to lose the final. And another one that I also wanted to bring up here is struggling at art saying Casey, this episode was impeccable as well. Shout out to my girl, and I felt exactly the same. I was like justified that i picked her as high as i did um you know she she, she <laughs> went through like there didn't... so lucky <laughs> you guys are going to eat your words by the end of this you know if casey my girl I mean... comes through and she runs the final wins this you know i'd just be like yep bragging rights right here I don't know if you'll get bragging rights, but uh, this episode, I think that she really, she did her, it was a really great episode for her. I think it would get her a callback if she ever wanted to come back onto the show. Um, I, mm. I shed a couple tears when she had her win. You saw that even TJ was a little bit emotional when she won. Um, and everybody was really, you know, really proud of her. And I, and I was really proud of her too. So um, mm. I, I, 
she you haven't seen her run a final yet so i don't know if we'll be eating our words but i definitely hey, was very impressed with casey this episode the, the and casey from 10 years ago the casey from 10 years ago had chicken legs i saw how thin she was that's not the casey that's here this time she's gonna run that final she's trained for this she's bred for it you know watch it you know <laughs> I, i'm really happy with that and she showed she had superior harry potter knowledge um such a fun challenge right drew seeing the trivia come back which we don't get to see um, all that often these days in the challenge. And me and you had a little bit of a conversation prior to going live here as well about the trivia. And um, I mentioned to you that some of the questions like I was following um, and I wouldn't know some of it, like, you know, the college football, um, maybe some of the restaurant stuff wouldn't translate, even though I was surprised that I actually knew quite of the, a few of the top 10 that was in there. It is quite universal, but I do think that there probably is an element of so many international people playing the challenge now that they take out some of the trivia things that you could ask, the pop culture questions you could ask that is relevant to the US, which is maybe one of the reasons they haven't been bringing it back as often. But obviously with this cast being all American, all stars playing this game, what a fun competition to watch. Yeah, it was a great trivia challenge. I always love trivia. Uh, could use more of TJ laughing a little bit, but I, I just loved the way it was set up, up on the building. I can't say I loved Katie disqualifying this negative two points for me, uh, but uh, I loved when everybody was strapped in, everybody giving up weird answers, but I love that it was a different kind of trivia challenge. It wasn't the like what we got last season with the history of the challenge or challenge history which i i love i love doing that stuff i love thinking about it there was some challenge peppered in there but this was like kind of like a categories where you give a, a category you get to answer it and whoever gives it wrong you're off the building i thought it was fun i thought it was interesting you could tell that some people were just nervous like jasmine who just said john a's answer because she was not paying attention she was too busy looking over the ledge like i do not want to be here but it was, it was, fun. It was I, a shocker I, I loved it. it was a shocker that yeah. jasmine's warm-up dance didn't get her ready for <laughs> trivia in this game right it was before she got to the building <laughs> oh no but you can yeah, see a lot of the fear creeping over her like she's just like she's holding it on and like she knew it was her turn next and she had no idea what the answer was and you could just see like the the singer the soul leave the body and like face turn white and like so scared and even tj noticed how terrified poor jasmine was yeah, oh, Darrell was the same. I mean, Darrell's done this so many <laughs> times, but so you know, he good. was absolutely petrified being up there having to answer the questions. And I, I just like the challenge. I, you know, every time they do it visually on one of these high-rise buildings, the way they do with someone dropping off, um, it's just so visually stimulating to watch that I really enjoy it and seeing the fear of people going on there. And then, you know, like speaking the truth says here, um, Casey facing her fear and winning while Katie does the exact opposite and goes home is easily the best accidental story storytelling in challenge history. Um, I think that Katie coming back here would feel very disappointed in the fact that um, this is the way that she, she went out and mm. I feel like she will look back at this and and really regret it. I don't know if she's back next season or not. I know there is a rumored cast out there. I haven't seen all of the rumored cast. And Drew, I'm sure you can fill me in and if she's actually going to get another shot to come back and redeem herself. I feel really bad for her because she was literally petrified, shaking when she got off there. And I do love TJ, but I felt like he pushed her a little bit too far trying to keep her on there this time i felt a little bit uncomfortable with him like you can you can push through a certain level but then at one point you just got to say listen okay this person is petrified and it was kendall who stepped in and said just let her go before tj actually 
let her get off there. Because I know he wants for a good show to have her on there, but I felt a little bit uncomfortable. If someone is that petrified, you know, that's a personal experience they're going through. Let them go, in my opinion. I think that they were trying to get the people back up there to unhook her again. So I think that, you know, maybe he, it didn't seem like he was acting that quickly, but also like if they're setting up for the challenge, I don't think they're standing there ready to unhook her. I think that they were probably, you know, in, in different spots. So safety wise, like maybe unhooked or on the side or above or below, like maybe they had to like get back to her to unhook her. So I think that that's why it took a lot longer than maybe you'd like it to. But um, I was just kind of disappointed that Katie was, she, why did she let herself get strapped in there? Like if she knew that mm -hmm. she, it was going to, you know, that she wasn't going to be able to do it. I think that she, it would have been better if she just said like, Hey, I can't do this. I'm not going to go up there. So um, I, I kind of wish she just had done that instead, instead of the, the antics and like, of like, I can't do this. I'm going down. Um, it just, I don't know. I don't think she was ever planning on actually doing it. I, I think that one, I like that she actually got hooked up at least. I mean, instead of just being on the ground going like, I'm not even going to go up to the building, like screw this kind of thing. So at least she tried. And I think she had the right mentality going in. Like when she was like making the jokes about like, I'm not going to look TJ in the eyes. I think she had the intention of doing it, thought she was gonna uh, but, but I think they took so long because I think they've had players in the past like freak out, but then would do it. And I don't think they, it, once you go up there, once you go up there to unstrap her, like there's no turning back. So I think they just wanted to make sure that, Hey, we're going to go and editing magic can make it seem like it took way longer An hour. than it did. <laughs> but it's like, um, but two seconds, but, but I'll be honest, I'm surprised that Kendall was the only one that said, take her down. Because if I'm yeah. any of the women, I'm like, take her off. She Stick said she down. wants to go. Like, she <laughs> yeah. wants to go to the elimination. I'll, I'll fight for this off. win. I'll just, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I mean, I guess Expl it is a fine line of knowing if, like, she's really saying it or if she's just being yeah. dramatic. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't have, a, like, that kind of debilitating fears. So, like, I don't fully understand that. Um, and mm. so... Yeah, I think that, that that's true, that maybe they're just like, we're like, is she, is she really saying this? Or is she just like having a freak out moment? And then she'll go and she'll do the questions and she'll win the challenge. And then she'll have the Casey moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. that they're also maybe hoping that she would just be willing to overcome it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Emmy this season in proper Challenge 37. Um, she's freaking out up in the high rise, but she still runs and does it while freaking out. So I guess you you don't know. Um, and like a few people here said, like Esther said, maybe, maybe it was the editing that made it seem a little bit longer. It wasn't a good look for TJ, but I know TJ is a good guy, so I'm sure that there's more to it than what we could see um, on the TV show itself. Um, Exporter JC says that uh, he really loves the new trivia format. It's kind of like sudden death where you keep going until someone messes up. And we had a bit of a conversation prior to going live here, Drew. Um, the first person messing up on the, the chain food restaurant was, uh, you know, according to the edit, Kendall saying Denny's as her first um, thing. And, and I was immediately thinking McDonald's, which would have been up there as one of the biggest ones, right? And we both have a feeling that maybe there was a bit of editing magic a few places here where maybe it was Denny's wasn't actually the first thing she said, I would hope. And then also, you know, I think it was Brad who couldn't get one of the two-time challenges, um, which there was so many of them that weren't mentioned. Like I was surprised Cara Maria's name didn't come up at all um, in any of these, but maybe it wasn't edited into the show where he ran out of options and probably they went on for quite a while, but we just didn't see it in the right order. But overall, I really enjoyed um, the format of Sudden Death uh, for this episode. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking because we hear we hear Brad saying CT and then it goes around, but then it cuts back to him real quick. So I think they mm -hmm. were just cutting out a lot of the answers just to get to some of the the wrong ones so we could just have it keep going because I think the women's round only took four minutes and so did the guys in the edit in the actual episode when I took the clips for my video. So, I mean, it's only an eight minute trivia challenge shown on TV, but it probably took forever. Uh, it probably took a long time up on that building. So, I mean, they were just trying to go through it pretty quickly. Um, I will say that one thing that shocked me was Kahuta getting the multi Oscar winner wrong and it was Pacino. I would have, that would have been the first name coming to my mind. I would have said Pacino too. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I thought it was solid when he said Pacino, to be honest. Um, I want to go back to Nehemiah. This was a very good episode um, for Nehemiah and probably also for Drew. He's in your team, right? So Drew would have scored yes. quite a few points with Nehemiah this episode with everything that was going on. Um, Nehemiah is the one that comes up here with the plan to throw those people in there that have got the lifesavers. And he has a conversation with Steve prior to that. And it's such a simple and effective plan to nullify the lifesaver where a week or so ago, two weeks ago, we were, we were saying, what a brilliant twist. So awesome to have the lifesaver in there. It's going to really mix things up. But I think Nehemiah has shown us the blueprint here to very easily nullify the lifesaver now moving forward in the game. How big of a role do we think this is going to play? And will other people follow this blueprint uh, now for throwing people with the lifesaver in there as an automatic? That way you just get that unknown factor of the lifesaver out of the game um, and no one can ruin your plans for who you really want to throw into an elimination. Do we think it's going to stick? Because well done to Nehemiah. I did not think he was going to be the brainiac when it comes to the strategy here coming into the season. Um, yeah, he, they definitely, definitely gamed the system. And that's what I like. I love when players get the information and they're able to say, sorry, producers, but we figured out your twist and we, we learned how to work within it. So, um, I'm happy that this happened. I think it might've broke it though. So I don't know if like it will, they'll have it last through the rest of the season. Um, or they might change it up or make the people the way that you win the lifesaver change just so that like they'll have to change up their strategy. But um, I was happy that he, he gamified the system. Um, I was like, yes, go make, make Derek not so confident that he has two people willing to use their life shields on him. Like the fact that he was so confident about that and so vocal about that, I think was also probably what triggered Nehemiah to be like, well, if the lifesavers aren't able to be used on you, Derek, then what would you be able to do? Um, so I definitely like that. So now it's going to be, who do you want to come back with the lifesaver? Because you would want to most likely be in alliance with somebody that has a life shield so that you could potentially be using it if you are the winner of the challenge. It's going to have to change things a little bit, but you'll have to be aligned with the people that have the lifesaver and have won the challenge in order for you to be able to use it in a way that could be beneficial. But other than that, I think everybody will burn it. I think it depends on who wins it and which alliance is in power at the point. Um, I think when it gets down to like players that may not be on a true side, like Ayana, I feel like she could use it for whoever she wants to. I don't think anybody's going to want to burn hers on herself, but I think this episode was like a perfect storm to do this strategy because they wanted to take a shot at Derek. They had two people on the same page and then the two lifesaver holders or life shield holders were a part of Derek's group. So you take them, you make them use their life shields. They have no vote. And then they can put up whoever they want. 
And now Derek is out some numbers going forward. So, I mean, it was a really good strategy because there was a point where I forgot that if you use the life shield, you don't get a vote. And I thought that was just like a perfect, perfect way to use it. Yes, they gamed the system, but I mean, at a certain point, it's going to come down to players that have it and then they're going to think about their own game and maybe they're not going to be working in these big old alliances going forward and maybe they splinter off maybe a, one person leaves and now it's only three people left and now they have to figure out a different strategy maybe they pull other alliance members over so i mean it all is based on strategy but the way that this game is going is perfect it's not like one giant alliance going up against random people who aren't even working together this is warring rooms this is a house divided almost directly in the middle and this is what we want to see this is exactly because now with the fine lines you can decide whether you want to root for this side or this side do you want to root against someone who do you want to see win on a certain day and i just i I just really am enjoying everything about all stars i just wish it was longer because i just want to see more of it uh in a given week but i I love it i love it so much It was interesting seeing Letarian not being a part of that group of players that played the first season. I guess Nehemiah played as well and Tech played and he was in that side of it. I always thought Letarian had a better relationship with Durrell um, and that he would be on that side of Durrell as well. So it was interesting to see how the rooms divided. And maybe it's just me and I don't know some of the past things that's happened between different players do they even know um, each other i don't even know if they if they're if they were friends in the past i thought i thought that they had a pretty good relationship in all stars one um between cyrus Doral, and letarian i thought they they were pretty close i i viewed letarian as more of a um lone wolf, lone wolf? kind mm-hmm. of a way in the first season i think he was good with everybody but he didn't care who he went up against in elimination like he he just would do whatever he needed to do to keep going forward. And I didn't think he cared about alliances in season one. I think he was just out to prove that he deserved his spot in All-Stars and he deserved to be in All-Stars and he would do anything and go up against anybody to prove it. So um, I think he has a good re- working relationship with everybody. I just think in All-Stars, I viewed him as a lone wolf. And I think this season coming in, maybe the rooms once you like started rooming with people, it just got to where you maybe have late night chats and you get a little bit more comfortable and closer to those uh, players instead of like, Oh, we were on season one together, but yeah, it is interesting. I'm, I am very happy that we're not getting like this season one giant Alliance working against the rest of the house. I'm so happy that that's not even the case at all. Yeah. Sudani so and yourself. Both agree at the same time. Just as you said, just as you said that you're happy that there's not this major alliances going, uh, you know, was working together and then people volunteering going down there. Sudani said the exact same thing at the exact same time. So you guys were on each other's wavelength, Drew. So I just wanted to add that there. Sorry, Chantal, you go ahead. Uh, oh, I was saying that, like, I'm surprised that I'm not rooting for Darrell's side right now. I'm like, I don't want MJ and Darrell and even Kahada. Like, I love all those players. And I'm like, I'm kind of rooting, rooting, rooting for Kahada. I mean, sorry, for Nehemiah and Latarian and, and Melinda. Sure. Like, this is the this is the alliance? I'm like, yes, I want Steve. Like, let me see if people doing <laughs> some damage. Like, That's I, the misfit so alliance. rooting for this misfit, <laughs> like, underdog alliance that made took a big swing here and let's be honest Chantel, they, they hit it's nehemiah's beard that he had this episode that got you truly on board <laughs> when he had the beard laughed. 
<laughs> so hard at that segment. Like that's another thing yeah. too that I love about the All Stars season is that people are willing to do these silly things. Like yes, it mm. could be hamming it up for the camera, and people might be like, "Oh, it's performative, whatever." But they're just funny and lighter. Like Nehemiah, like has been quite funny this episode with doing like that the cross side when he's like talking the yeah. guys in the room, and then he's having this beard and acting like Brad. Like I laughed so much at Nehemiah this episode. His walk and- was on point. That's yeah. walk, the Brad walk was on point, you know, like just brilliant. And Brad, when... Brad loved it. Brad, Brad you know, they say imitation is the best form of flattery, and he he absolutely loved it. I was gonna say when Brad comes and meets him, and they're yeah. like, he's like mimicking everything that he's doing. It was it was it was awesome. I was on cloud nine at that point. I was like, yeah. let's go, man. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Nehemiah is like solid, secured himself for the next three, four All Stars just by that scene alone. I reckon he's gonna, they're going to ask him to come back as many times as he wants to come back. And you know, Nehemiah is very capable as well, very, very capable at winning dailies, at winning things. The big thing here now is, and they kind of mention it towards the end. Like I think it was Brad who said this when the when the elimination is done. He said that you, you took a stab at me. I don't have as many people to protect in the game now, but I know who threw me in against my friend. You know, so. Will Brad hit back? Will that side of the house, which have got a lot of experienced challenges, and Brad, Darrell, MJ, um, now I'm forgetting a few people, Jody, that's in that side of the house as well. There's some good players there. Janae, you know, I feel like there's going to be some reckoning to be paid um, in the future. And how long can Amaya and hashtag Team Tech survive on the other side <laughs> yes, there because um, it's good to see I tech you know i'm with you chantel i'm loving the underdog alliance at this stage but i don't know if they're long for this game long term i want to see them try um yeah, same. So, so i would say that uh for on the side of going uh, for which alliance to go to i'm rooting for nehemiah side which is interesting that we talked about how Derek has changed up his strategy this season. And we kind of felt like it was rubbing us the wrong way. It kind of was a bullish attitude, but Nehemiah is doing the same exact thing. He's changing up his strategy. He's no more Mr. Nice guy. He's taking the bull by the horns this season and he's coming out on top. I mean, he's making an alliance with players who are misfits because it's survival at this point. Is he going to be on the bottom rung of one alliance or is he going to be at the top rung of a different alliance, a warring alliance? And I think it's, it's really impressive to see the only person i have to say which i'm scared for my own team is steve i mean he got the brunt of this i mean he sees katie walking out the arena that's his number one she's walking out he's kind of left with a big old target on his back and i think everybody is just looking at him going like yeah we've been wanting to take a shot at you you were the one that threw this plan together you were the the main brain of it since you were in power and i think nehemiah is going to get off a little bit of scotch free. Like, I think he's going to keep on being like a big threat in the game and people are going to have his, their eyes on him, but he's not the one that was in power. He's not the one that took the shots. He's not the one that made the plan to use the life shields and throw in Derek. So I think Steve just has a, the biggest target on his back, but you know what? Yeah. At least he created waves before he gets thrown in. I mean, Katie's haunting final confessional going, Steve, you're probably going to be going into an elimination soon. Good luck. And I'm like, you just sealed his fate. You just did it. Well, you're on the same team. You're on my team. 
<laughs> Root for I don't know what happened there though in that deliberation with Casey. Like I, I understand that they they were they were organizing who was going to be voting for who and who was going to be available to vote, and so they they might have just been. I didn't go that deep into what their full strategy was, but why didn't he give her at least like a? Uh, Jasmine or something like does she have all these close relationships with Jasmine even I don't know Danae might have been potentially like I just don't know who she's close with for her to be like Ayana is going to be who you're going to send your best friend up against in an elimination when we just saw her completely dominate an elimination before um, and Kate and it makes sense so for Katie to be upset and be like hey like I want you to give me somebody that I could maybe beat like not somebody that's like who could beat all the guys um, so like why do you think that he didn't get to put somebody else that was just maybe equal size as she is i i just think steve wasn't thinking much i'll be honest i don't think steve was thinking i think casey i will give it to her like mj called her queen of the south but i think she put her foot down i think she knew who she wanted to throow in she wanted mm -hmm. to throw in kendall which was on Derek's side and then i think she wanted to throw ayana because I feel like she didn't think Ayana was going to take it personally. I think she was going to look at this as an opportunity to go into the elimination, smash it again, prove again why she deserves to be here and not to throw her into an elimination. And I think that's what Casey was thinking about. I think also Ayana is kind of like in the middle of the road a little bit. I think she would lean more towards Nehemiah's alliance uh, in terms of where she would align with. But I think, I think that's what Casey wanted to do. And I feel like she just wanted to really put her foot down, which I love to see it. I think I think it was a masterclass. I think I mean, I felt like I was she was like a, a Wes in there. I mean, she learned from the best at one point to like put True. what she wanted to do. I mean, Steve was able to do whatever he wanted to do on the guy's side, and I think she wanted to have that same opportunity, and she got to do what she wanted to do, even though Steve was like, Katie said no, Kendall, and she was like, well, I'm gonna say Kendall. And Steve just <laughs> had to sit there and go like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like it was over. Yeah. And, yeah, and I got... think her, her exact argument was that if we don't put Kendall in, Kendall's a vote for Derek and you, you need to put her in to eliminate her vote. So he, he, she got through to his logical side of the brain, not his emotional side of the brain, which would have been to do exactly what Katie wanted him to do. Christina here says, who do you think Katie was talking about when she said people she could beat? Um, and then Esther sort of answers here, and we can sort of explore this as well. Maybe Melinda. Uh, Melinda probably would have never gone in just due to the alliance that she's got with Steve and that side of the house. Um, but Jasmine and Janae, I think, to be honest, and I don't want to throw shade, but I feel like there's not that many people she could have gone in against and beaten in this round. I think Jasmine would have been one of those um, that she probably could have taken on in an el elimination. Janae is definitely no slouch either when it comes to eliminations. And this specific elimination kind of played in the favor of Ayana as well. And to sort of further add to what you said, Drew, you know, Ayana, she sleeps in her suit. You know, she's ready all the time. You know, she's happy to go in. Her strategy this season is going to be throw me in as many eliminations as I can. I'll continue to send people home. I'm a-okay with that because I'm always ready, you know? And um, this, I guess, elimination for the second time really plays in her wheelhouse because it's all about moving a thousand pounds from one side up a ramp putting it into um, a, a section that then lifts your puzzle and you then have to complete a puzzle, which she seems to be good at puzzles. She seems to be good at the physical stuff. At this stage, Ayana is looking good. Like, I mean, what is it that people are going to have to catch her on? 
um, in these eliminations, what will her weakness be? Maybe it'll be something in regards to endurance or running or something like that. But I mean, in eliminations, there's a limited amount of things that you can do down there. It's not like a final. It takes a different types of skill set to get someone out of an elimination compared to a final. So Ayana is looking pretty good and she's building that aura. Chantel, that you always talk about. Um, you may not want to go up against her down there because she's starting to put some wins together. I wouldn't want to go up against her. <laughs> I like, could just be like, like, I wouldn't want a hollow brawl. I wouldn't want a pole wrestle. Wouldn't want any of those two challenges that she just won. Um, I don't know, maybe like climbing stuff. I don't know how good she'd be at that, but she doesn't seem like she's scared of heights at all. Um, I wonder if she'd be able to do that missile one. Like, yeah, she probably was. Cause she was a track star, right? Yeah. So she's probably would be yeah. decently good at that. The missile one from the main state season. So right now I can't really think what she wouldn't be pretty good at compared to all the other women that are left in the game so at this point i would unless you want her to take somebody out i don't think she's going to be going into the elimination the only thing i could think is that could take her out is a bad night just having a bad night if you go into eliminations more often you have a better shot of getting eliminated so to me i would rather her I love that she got two wins in a row. Give me those fantasy points, but I'm done. Like, I, I don't want to see her in any more eliminations. I don't want to see her get, like, five eliminations in one season. I think she could take on anybody, but it's just one slip-up, one mistake, one bad night. Maybe you have a headache. Maybe you have some sniffles. Maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe you didn't eat enough that day. Maybe you drop you a puzzle piece and wrong. you don't see it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's it can be happenstance. It could be something unlucky that happens one night, just one night. It just takes one night. And so that's the only thing I could see taking her out is if the more opportunities you go in, the more opportunities you could be going out. Yeah, there's a reason that experienced challengers do not want to throw themselves out down there, even if they've got good records, because you just don't know what to expect when you go down to the elimination. Um, you did mention the points, and I think it's probably a good point to have a look at where our teams are sitting at the moment um, and who we lost here this round. I do lose Derek, which leaves me with two male contestants now in my team in Kohara and Darrell, who I feel pretty good about so far. Um, I do feel that alliance is going to get the upper, power, upper hand in the long run. I just have a lot of faith that they could pull it off. Um, but we also have Drew here losing Katie, which was a second female pick coming into the season. So very close race here with Drew still more players on the board than any of us, which is a, a habit here for Drew to early on in the season do pretty well. Chantal second most, and then I've got the least people left here in my team. Uh, now, Drew, you would have done the number crunching this week in regards to the points. Um, let us know where the points are sitting and where were the points coming in? Do you have where we were coming into this episode and where it's sitting right now compared to coming into the episode? I first have to say that losing two players in one week is tough. I don't know how you guys have done it over the season, but man, I don't want this to become a thing. I don't want this to become a routine. Um, so last episode or last week, uh, Chantel hopped over everybody, hopped over you uh, to get the top spot and get into 101 points. And then you were close behind with like 96. And then I was at 89 complete shake up this episode because of who was in front and who was out in front doing the most talking this episode uh so we have in third place chantelle getting only wow. 10 extra points this episode so she only has 111 points uh with jody being your top spot 
uh, with 26. She had a couple more confessionals. And then Tina, who surprisingly, no confessionals this episode. Surprising. Very surprising. She, said, yeah. like, she did say when she got ejected, like, I think it was look at my camel toe. That, does that yeah. count? <laughs> No, that's not a professional. <laughs> it gave me a good laugh, but it did not. It did not count as a confessional. Uh, so coming in second place is Team Chris, uh, with Derek as your top spot earner. Even though he is eliminated at this point, he had thirty-one points. Uh, he ends mm. with so that's a very big number to end with. Uh, your top earner right now is Darrell with a lot of confessionals and a daily win, but you're at one hundred twenty-four, and then. I leapfrog from way behind at 89 points all the way up to 129 uh, points with Nehemiah as the top scorer for me right now is uh, 32. He's just racking up those confessionals, racking up uh, the elimination one last time, an argument. Uh, Katie left me hanging, getting me negative two points for that DQ. So luckily she had some confessionals to even it out. Mm. My gosh. And of course, Ayana with 23 points. Uh, being my top, uh, my second top scorer uh, with another elimination win. And um, yeah, more confessionals, luckily, because uh, she was thrown into an elimination this episode. I will say, three, third episode in a row, Janelle has not said a single confessional. She has not said anything since episode one, which is shocking to me. But I think she'll play Very a shocking, role yeah. as we go on. Uh, because Did MJ Darrell's not say anything this episode? Was it only in the bedroom that he was having those conversations? Like, MJ didn't get me any points? I feel like he talks a lot. MJ <sighs> MJ has a total of 13 confessionals. So he's gotten you 13 points. Uh, he got four confessionals this episode, I believe. Uh, mainly in the bedroom, but also when he said New Orleans is in a state. And then <laughs> uh, when he called uh, Casey Queen of the South. And that's right. pretty much everything that he did this episode. So what I'm hearing is it's still quite tight between all the teams. Anything can happen with you going from the bottom all the way to the top in a week's time. Anything yeah. can happen. I just feel like at this point, I'm just stuck at that second place the whole time, but I'm running out of people very quickly here. So I need to uh, stop the bleeding and hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> I don't want to wish anything bad on anybody. Um, I mean... It did look like Melinda was on her back like next episode. So maybe there's an opportunity for us to pull back Chantel going into no. um next week Get out of here. <laughs> i might lose steve don't take a melinda away from steve, me either steve, come on melinda, now go on. <laughs> all right anything else guys that you wanted to discuss from this week's episode of the challenge all stars did we miss anything big here um celebrating jody's first elimination win uh yeah. to me i knew a lot of uh trivia of the challenge but I totally was forgetful that this was Jody's first elimination win coming into this. Uh, we think we know Melinda because she's been on multiple seasons and hasn't won like four eliminations or five eliminations. But with Jody only go seeing one elimination in her first streak and then not seeing any more, but winning two times, uh, it's very impressive. So congratulations to her and Kahuta adding an elimination went to his total. Mm. Jody is in an interesting position in the game right now without Derek being there moving forward. Um, how much do we think this is going to um, count against her? And do we think she'll find a home with Derek's other Alliance members um, in the Doral faction? Do you think she'll she'll find a home there and they'll, they'll look after her? Because I was thinking to myself, surely Derek had a conversation with Doral and said, listen, if I'm out, 
look out for Jody in the game or something like that, but we probably just didn't see it. I don't know what's going to happen with Jody here. Um, I'm, I'm interested because like, you know, she came back like, Oh, I'm going to remember who sent me in. So, but we didn't see anything else about her wanting some revenge against Tina and Tina seemed really likable in this episode. And she's just like, Oh, I hope we don't, everybody doesn't get really angry and mean. Like, I hope that, you know, people stay nice. And so I, that's probably obviously like we haven't seen where she does the pots and pans yet. So, you know, obviously things are going to go from, from what they are now to a lot worse, but, I just don't know if Jody has like the chutzpah to go after Tina in that kind of manner without having Derek to kind of like push her in that direction. I don't know if she'd have the, the guts to do it. So I'm not sure. I I think she definitely goes to Darrell's side for the sole yes. fact that she seems to be she rooming with Kendall and she's very much close with Kendall, who is very yeah. close to Darrell so I think it's and also she said she only could trust Derek and if Derek is always see, seeing hanging around his roommates Darrell MJ Kahuta that's exactly who Jody is hanging out with as well so I think it's just a no-brainer that she's gonna move into that I mean if Darrell is always gonna be partnered up in daily challenges with like Kendall then I can see maybe uh Jody moving in with Brad a little bit maybe those two can be a powerhouse in some of those pair daily challenges and see if they can get into some uh some good spots and then maybe do some damage within the uh in their alliance to the other team's alliance but i definitely think that she's definitely going to be working on that side and who wouldn't want to work with jody at this point i mean she's very she's very tough she's very strong so um she would be a valuable asset to anybody who wants to make it far into the game and if you want to run a finals with her if you're switching partners like last season i mean mm. she is somebody that you definitely want to run a final with. So absolutely. And trust is a difficult thing to get in the game. And I don't think she's got that backstabbing bone in her body. So I feel like she's someone that you can, for the most part, just take on a word and and really bring it in an alliance and keep a number strong there with you. Um, Google Gobble asks, anyone know why Devin isn't doing the All-Stars aftermath um, this year? I don't know. Um, Have you guys heard anything? It's sad not to have it because Devin does a great job at those aftermath um you know shows that she does for challenge 37 and liked having her there for the all-stars one season as well so and she's not she's not doing the um the after um show for the main season either it's going to be maria menounos and another football player i'm assuming as well correct for the reunion reunion yeah Oh, really? Well, that's... I'm, I, that's I'm, just, I'm guessing that, but maybe I could be wrong. But anyway, sorry, you were going to say? I was just going to say that it probably... Because of how the aftermath for the main season is set up, where there is an actual in-studio for that, and then for how long the season went, and for when this was like airing and going along with it, I think that maybe there was some scheduling conflicts. They really wanted to push this new studio instead of Zoom, whereas I think the Zoom was able to, like, you could just have different meetings in different days. Also, we talked about All-Stars 3, there being a rumored cast list, and they're filming the season right now or they're wrapping it up or whatever, but they were filming it. And so, and I know that some of the players on this season is on that season, so I think maybe they were just trying to, like, really just rapid film everything and maybe they can't get as all the players that they wanted to be in studio or they didn't want to do the zoom call now that there is in studio but i do miss the all-stars aftermath because i thought that they were a lot more forthcoming with a lot of the info and Mm -hmm. uh 
I do I do miss it because we're not getting as much because it's 40 minutes. And so I thought the aftermath was a good like complimentary piece to it because when they talked about like the daily challenge or the elimination, they would give us a little bit more behind the scenes mm-hmm. and because it does feel a little bit too produced or too edited at certain times because it's so quick. They have to be so quick with 45 yeah. minutes. So, so um, Taj uh, Maynard says that Jasmine said on Twitter that she wasn't put in because of an alliance. Um, Jasmine and Casey hinted that the road uh, is it, Real world, Real world, Cancun, and Fresh yeah. Meats had an alliance coming into the season. So that's probably why she she didn't see the elimination that round in case he wanted to protect her. So um, at this point, Steve's been lucky. But like you guys mentioned, a lot of people know that the hand model was the reason that Derek went home. So we might have to see what happens in the next episode for All-Stars and where things are going to go. But um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. I'm all here for it. I love the fact that we've got two... <laughs> opposite factions going head to head against each other should make for a great rest of this season uh, i'm going to come around now to you drew let us know what you've been working on on your channel and what's coming up over the next week i uh, got reviews and recaps for both challenge all-stars and challenge 37 got tiny table talk for challenge 37 i got a good amount of videos coming out as the season is wrapping up for challenge 37 i also have some Fun videos like the uh, I have underdog moments coming out. I have filmed it and is getting ready to edit. And also the Car Maria video is going to be out. I'm hoping by the end of this uh, year. So I'm have I'm eyeing the last Tuesday of this year. It's a big video. I also want to see how this boxing match goes if it's still going on. Uh, maybe edit that in too. So I'm just I'm having fun. I'm just going with the flow. I want to enjoy the the last bit of the year. There's a lot of holidays coming up, but um, I'm have I have a lot of fun things planned for the rest of this year and heading into next year. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, exciting, exciting. Chatel, what do you have coming up on your channel on Reality Realness with three S's? Uh, pretty much the same as the past, you know, three months or whatever we've been doing this. Um, but uh, so what am I doing? So on t- Wednesdays, I talk about. Um, the Bachelorette, uh, usually at 6 p.m. Eastern, and then I do the challenge after the episode or a couple hours after the episode, depending. Um, on Mondays, I'm on Nerdtainment, where we talk about so the players of Survivor, and this was a great week where we are going to be ranking these players, and there was a lot of... It, w- it was a pretty interesting week. Uh, thank goodness the twist didn't ruin like the game um it was actually it actually was okay so it was a decent episode so we're gonna be ranking the players that are still left in the game um with you guys on fridays i'm gonna go live in about half an hour and talk with banta about this episode of all stars and on thursdays at 7 p.m eastern on my channel i talk about survivor so i think that's it but come New Year, not- we'll be going back to some, you know, Big Brother All-Star or Celebrity Big Brother that's coming. Um, you know, Amazing Race is going to be coming back around. So these are all shows that I'll probably be talking about again. So there'll be some new content coming to the channel. Really when did Survivor, to- Sorry, when did Survivor turn into Deal or No Deal? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, my <laughs> yes, gosh, let's make that a was deal, so not dumb. Deal or No Deal. Let's make yeah. a deal. That was so dumb. <laughs> was I was going to say, Chantel, you're... You're not busy at the at the moment at all, so I'm glad to hear you're going to be upping your schedule next year and start <laughs> doing more shows for us because it's not like you're talking about every reality show that is out there, right? I, I watch them all, but I don't talk about them all. <laughs> not all at once, anyways. But yeah, come yeah. New Year, though, 
back to a full I'm schedule, still looking sure. forward to I'm still looking forward to having a chat with both of you guys at the end of the Survivor season where we will be doing um, our own Challenge Insiders recap. I might do a slash crossover if I can make it happen with Riley, my Survivor Worldwide co-host as well. So it'll be four of us potentially that will talk about this season because I know that all of us have got a lot of opinions and this was quite a good episode. But if you're wanting some Survivor recaps here on Reality Pop, be on the lookout for the Survivor buffs that normally drop their episodes on Thursday evenings. I believe it's around 8 p.m. as well um, for Survivor recaps. That will happen next week again. And then we also have Coach Drew who does the Survivor hot takes each week. Um, And then back at the end of the week uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will have myself, Chantel, and Drew back to talk about the next episodes for the challenge we're getting to the pointy end now it's very close it's the end of a long challenge 37 season but hopefully if every when the dust settles we will have um, a very worthy winner here at the end i've got a sneaky suspicion that the editor is showing us one way for the guys i don't know who the girl is going to be that's going to win this and i'm very interested to see if we're going to have teams or if we're going to have duos or individuals going into the finale what does the shake-up mean for the finale we'll talk about that and everything else um next week we'll catch you then guys it was great having you in the chat thanks for the live talk to you later bye